0: Traveling
1: the Vortex. We've joined the Daleks as they plot and scheme across the universe and arrive at episode 475. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys?
0: We're on 475. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I almost said 417. I don't yeah. know why. Eh? <laughs> it was like, I could tell it, take us way back. The
0: wrong number almost came out of your mouth, but you corrected on the fly. Uh, I'm good. How are you guys? Doing all I'm scheming. right. Scheming? scheming?
1: Are you plotting?
2: Uh, I haven't quite got to the plotting, but there's definitely some scheming going
1: on. <laughs> Seanman, aren't you scheming?
0: <laughs> that is true. Fair enough.
1: Did you guys do anything fun this week?
0: I'm going to jump in real quick and say because I didn't get a good chance to talk about these because I actually just downloaded the newest one and I've just started it. But um, I was telling you guys a little bit about the Daleks audio uh, annuals that I had downloaded. Um, they're they're really fun. They're uh, kind of anthology pieces from uh, Daleks annuals, but they're not, speci- they're not from one specific one. They're from different... Short stories pulled out of several of the different annuals. Um, but like I say, the first one that I had stumbled across was Dalek's The Secret Invasion and other stories. And then that uh, drew me drew me into the, the whole set, which then I discovered the first one, which was, um, I think it's just called, yeah, Terry Nation's uh, Dalek Annual. And then the, the next one, so Dalek's Destroy was the most recent one. In fact, it just came out last or two months ago, I think it was. Or maybe it was last month. Uh, but the one that came after Tell Your Nation's Dalek Audio Annual in 2018 was last year's Dalek's Attack, a subtitled Blockade and Other Stories. <laughs> um, so I'm get, i've just started it and they're they're really mu the the nicholas uh briggs is uh been reading on all of them so far and he does the voices uh in there and in fact when anybody else is reading um and they come across the daleks line they obviously they dub nicholas briggs voice in there which i think is pretty cool but for the most part it, it's pretty much audiobooks um the first one had uh nick briggs um Louise Jameson and Matthew Waterhouse reading. Daleks uh, Destroy, which was the most recent one, had Terry Malloy, uh, Nick Briggs, and uh, the guy that's doing the Brigadier now. Um, I can't remember his name. Anyway, he's the... he's No, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it's... Uh, uh Who's doing the third Doctor? Tim Tr- Tr- Treloar? Tim, Tim, Tr- Tim Trelor. Yeah, I believe that might have been him. It's one of those two guys now I can't remember for sure, but... Anyway, it's, it's Doctor Who alum that are uh, uh, doing these. And they'll do everything from a short story to some of those little interlude things. Like, uh, do you guys remember when we were doing our Sarah Kingdom ones? And there was one particular one that was, it was kind of Mark 7. Uh, and it kind of gave like a bio of Mark 7, the the Android guy. They'll do those where it's it's... They'll read about these little interlude things in between the stories. And it's quite enjoyable. I mean they're hmm. they're ones you could probably go back and, you know, pick up the annuals and but it's what I've been doing is listening to those audiobooks. Well, that's, that's cool. Great. Keith,
2: how about you? What did
0: you do?
1: Oh, we didn't do much. We went to the our local zoo for their zoo lights exhibit, uh where they decorated a lot of the zoo with Christmas lights and let people in at night. It was pretty cool. That was the main thing we did.
0: Yeah, we're going to go tomorrow night. Of course,
1: everyone's social distance and yeah. face mask.
0: Well, we were going to go to, well, we're still going tomorrow night, but we had gotten tickets for tomorrow night because my daughter was supposed to be singing with her choir from school, but they nixed uh-huh. that because of the COVID stuff. So we're still going to go, but she won't be singing.
2: We actually Come have on. plans to go Wednesday night.
1: Oh, nice. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool.
0: It looks neat from outside. You can see them when you drive. Dive down gauge.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the kids will like it, especially shy.
0: That's the hope.
1: <laughs> Liam wasn't too sure about it. He just kind of looked around and wasn't, took it all in.
0: <laughs> Sean, did you do anything?
2: Uh, We went shopping on Saturday and uh, we, we, we. Had a couple places that we needed to stop, and of course, knowing that Mel and Shy and masks and social distancing and weekend and holiday is all in tow, I had just kind of mentally prepared myself for a long day. Um, but we started at about 10 o'clock and didn't get done and home until 8.30. Ooh. It was a long day. <laughs> it was just- just on and on and on. Um, I don't think I've ever actually gone out and blown an entire paycheck in the span of you know eight <laughs> hours. But
0: I have, and, but and, I and haven't done it, it since. It college. can't happen.
2: <laughs> and, and when the and when the last purchase went, no, I don't think so. I looked at Mel and said, "Well, I guess we're done. <laughs> 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 I'm officially out of money." So, yeah, we did that. And then fortunately, uh, uh Sunday, we did not have any plans. So we, we just stayed in and made it a TV day and watched stuff and hung out. It was kind of nice to just be that drained and not move.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to news.
1: Well, the Doctor Who cast is promising big shocks and tears shed in the festive special.
0: I wonder what they yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> I think that quote particularly came from uh, John Barrowman. Uh, I think Radio Times had this article they were quoting him saying that uh, there would be shocks and uh, big surprises and then um, Bradley Walsh went on to say that uh, people are going to be surprised uh, but he also promises uh, some heartfelt moments as well uh, It's surprising spectacular and heartwarming he says so hopefully that means nobody's going to die. <laughs> I don't know, Which tears. T- tends to be the uh, M.O. for Doctor Who anymore is kill off companions. I know, uh, well, I know. here's an original concept, time. let everybody live. Everyone always lives. Well, yeah. they
2: are going to kill Captain Jack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finally. <And> lose immortality, <laughs> finally. <laughs>
1: well, Amanda McGill has talked to Radio Times about why she's not leaving the show, yeah. along with... Oh. Uh, Bradley Walsh and Tozen Cole, she says, I just thought, I'm not ready for this journey to end. Why leave something if you're enjoying it? It's working and there's development. I don't know when it will end for me because as a person, as a character, there's so much more to explore. And she also hints to the fact that there's not new cast members coming on because they have more time to focus on Yaz in the season.
0: Yeah, and I think that's—I think the thing that I kind of latched onto there was I. While I've enjoyed all of the characters the last two seasons, I think that we've, we've sort of suffered from crowded TARDIS syndrome, and I think all of us kind of brought up the the points that Yaz has been the least focused on. So it's probably <laughs> it's probably good that she's the one staying around. Um, That it will be a smaller, you know, crew, just her and the doctor, presumably, and and guest star of the week. And uh, I think they'll be able to spend more time on Yaz's story and and give us more. Because we really, I think we really ran the gamut with um, uh, Graham and uh, Ryan's characters. I mean, I think they really did a good job of uh, giving us their backstory and the heart and, and fleshing those characters out. But Yaz always seemed to kind of get the, you know, short shrift, so... It'll be nice to be able to focus on her for a
2: while. I agree. um, I'm obviously heartbroken that Graham is leaving because I love Graham so much. But I'm heartbroken just from the standpoint of, oh, I'm losing my Graham. I'm not heartbroken from the standpoint of, but he had so much still to offer. I I think it's a good time. Now, I can say that now in not hindsight because I haven't seen the episode. And if they kill him off, I'll be very devastated and angry. But, uh, you know, I I can say that it feels like it's probably a good time for the two characters to step away. And of all of them, I'm very glad that we're going to get some more Yaz to be able to continue to develop her character. If all three of them had left, I would have felt Yaz had got short-shifted and would have looked forward to the eventual big finish stories.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to seeing more Yaz. Yeah. The last bit of news is the Radio Times has a poll asking fans to vote on the best festive fe- special of all time. Doctor Who, Charlie ranging Burns everywhere Christmas. from what Doctor Charlie Who Brown Christmas,
0: Doctor Who festive, oh. Doctor, Doctor Who oh. festive
1: yeah. Christmas Carol, ranging from the Feast of Stephen all the way to Resolution,
2: Christmas Carol.
0: Which is why they had to do um, festive special festive. <laughs> because they're all Christmas specials <laughs> up until last year.
1: Well, End of Time Part 2 was a festive special.
0: Oh, I guess you're right, yeah. And they do lump the two together. So. It started on, yeah, but it started on Christmas. So, um, so yeah. are, are
2: we counting um, um, Planet of the Dead as an Easter special? Is it, is it also on there, on the festive special list?
1: It is not. Oh, a winter spe- festive special.
2: Uh-huh.
0: So is Waters uh, of
2: Mars on there is the, a festive Halloween special?
0: You're the only one that considers those specials based on some holiday that they're not based on. He says Happy Easter
2: in Planet of the Dead.
0: He does?
1: He does. Oh,
0: so he sits down on the bus. I don't recall that. Are you sure? Yes. I don't remember that either. He does not. You're he most right.
2: certainly
1: does. No. He walks in, sits not.
2: down on the bus, looks at the person and says, Happy
0: Easter. Which which one is it? He's right.
1: There's a gif of it. Bam.
0: Ha! <laughs> ah, I'll be darned.
2: <laughs> Glenn is so shocked even has that I'm ch- right about anything. <laughs>
0: he has a chocolate egg. No, we totally, this totally should be, that totally should be included then, because that totally gives it. Now, I don't, Waters of Mars, unless they referenced Halloween, I'm not going to count that one, but I will give you, I will give you that. It needs to be included.
2: Make, make a note, friends, December 7th, 2020, a date that will live in infamy.
0: I don't think you typically (laughs) refer to Easter as festive. I think festive is reserved for the winter holidays, so I guess maybe. Yeah, I, I, I
2: suppose it's a little more of a somber holiday. Yeah. Well but the rationale is festive. I was going to say,
0: the the nature of it can be festive, but I think when they're referring to festive specials, they mean mean the
1: winter holidays. Okay, so the the first paragraph of this article...
2: Not that I would vote for Planet of the Dead over Christmas, Carol. Right,
1: (laughs) right. Just to be clear. The first paragraph of this article says, offering either a Christmas or New Year's adventure every year. (laughs) So there, it puts constraints on the f- phrase festive. <laughs> okay,
2: that, that, that does narrow it down a bit, I guess.
0: Has there been one every year? I guess there has in there. We haven't missed a year. We've missed years without Doctor Who, but it, I guess we've always had a... I think we, have we? Let's see. 2000... Yeah, we've always had a... 5, as, six, long as the show's 7, on, 8, yeah. 9, 18 10... is the only time we
1: didn't have one. 10, 11,
0: 12... Okay, so there was a year that we went without one.
1: Between Capaldi and... Whitaker
0: okay, oh. that's what I wondered.
1: Because we hadn't had her first season yet
0: right. well, we'll revisit the poll and see uh if which one comes up a winner um but we will uh spoilers uh, Christmas Carol is in the lead right now.
1: Our return of Dr Mysterio is gonna take the lead just <laughs> it's got
0: it's got a lot to overcome a, from from dead dark last in this race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the odds on that are great. Even feast I'll of take even that are not likely to happen for even 800 feast Alex. of Stephen is beating it right now.
1: Feast of Stephen's tied with Husband's of River Song.
0: Yeah, it's doing really well actually,
1: and beating many other ones, the including only, Runaway Bride.
0: The only classic one on here, of course, it's the only classic Christmas special we ever had. So, all right, well, should we move on to our reviews? What the Tardis
1: thought about the Time Lord Victorious. I have a summary, but it's kind of long, and it was almost as long as the short story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause so I don't know is... how much
1: of it's a summary and a synopsis. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a quick read. I kind of thought maybe uh, if we just read that first uh, paragraph, on the if you're on the website, just that first, as it's, ten, as it's 11 years since the waters of Mars, here's what happened on that incredible adventure and in the birth of the Time Lord Victorious from the TARDIS's perspective, written by James Goss. Dun dun dun! <laughs> that was kind of a lead in on the on the website. I would concur. Yeah, um, I really liked it. It's always kind of neat to get the perspective of the TARDIS, uh, especially since all these years, you know, we've we've considered her and not really an organic being, but at least a um, oh, uh, an entity of sorts. And so much so that you know when they did the. Uh, The uh, doctor's was it the doctor's wife? Wife, Um, you know, putting uh, a a a face and a name to the TARDIS uh, as she's transplanted into Into another another person. Um, I think it's kind of always neat to kind of get that perspective, even though we get it so rarely, and uh, it's done really well here.
1: What I also really like about the story in general is it really helps kind of clarify how everything is happening in time Lord victorious the storyline yeah because i've always kind of wondered well if the dark times is off limit how is everyone getting to it right and it's this crack in time a time fracture in time um because a crack you know is 11th doctor stuff a fracture in time (laughs) that is allowing the tardis to take him back to kind of put him in his place and i think that's such a cool idea that i kind of wish we had gotten the short story right off the bat so i would have I kind of appreciate all the stories we had already listened to or read or experienced in this light.
2: I kind of agree. I I think the, the it's, it seems like it's a throwaway. It almost feels like it's just a cutesy little excuse to write a story about the Tartars, but the way it's handled and specifically the, the descriptor of, you know, with every step in the snow that the fact that Adelaide, you know, exists, it's creating and widening this fissure uh-huh. uh, because, you know, inside the TARDIS, it doesn't matter that she's alive, but for the moment. moment she steps outside the TARDIS, then all of a sudden it's an issue mm-hmm. because she's back somewhere where she's not supposed to be. And the TARDIS commenting on that, I, I, I agree. I think it would have really kind of set up a, a bit more import almost yeah. for, for the things that were to come, not that the things to, that were, you know, we got originally weren't already epic in magnitude
1: it just helps set the stage and provides context.
2: Yeah. More so than a Dalek story does. No offense, Glenn.
0: <laughs> well, no, no, I I, I would agree. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we've had I don't think I've I don't think I've advocated for the Daleks starting the well, I I guess I don't know where the, where's that comment coming from? It's The Daleks.
1: <laughs> well, the so I think what he's saying is the Titan Comics that had the it was the Dalek story with uh, the Doctor, kind of more officially kicked off everything for Time Lord Victorious, and that doesn't feel like as good of a setup to oh, what's actually I going well, on. But
0: see, I think that that I think that simply just placement of when it came out. I don't think that that. I mean, yeah, it clicked. It kicked off the event, but I think that they never intended for any of these any of these particular stories to be kind of the starting point. So I don't I don't think I would have ever even defended, uh, def, you know, defender of the Daleks uh, as the starting or the nexus point of anything. I think that this, as you were saying, this one does a good job to kind of that's why I, that was one of the things I think that frustrated me. And I think I think it's why BBC held off so long from releasing a quote unquote reading order because I think the whole idea of this is that everything is happening sort of in perpetuum of each other, and you can't really n- nail down a starting point or a nexus point, although I think this does a really good job, other than, which I think they've said all all along, that um, Waters of Mars is kind of the kickoff event for this, and I think that this, well, yeah. sp- this story uh, best explains how as as sean said it's it's you know it's opening that that fissure in order to allow for all the this happening and it gives it a little more um direction or organization as much as you can organization organize a uh, uh splinter <laughs> splintered timeline um but it, it does it gives it kind of a, a grounding point and so no i would agree i don't i don't i've never looked at at any one of these stories being like a nexus of, okay, this is where you start. I mean, we've just merely been slave to the schedule for how we've been pursuing right. them. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I, I think that this is the story that does it best.
1: Anything else on this one? It's so short. <laughs> it's
0: It's very short.
1: <laughs> nice references to, uh, Ian and Barbara at the beginning.
0: Yeah.
2: I loved how the TARDIS remembered them too. The, the, just the comment that he learned more from those two school teachers than he ever would have learned wandering about on his own. Yeah. And just what a great <laughs> cementing the legacy as it were, they're still
0: teaching. I liked, uh, uh, London's 1965, for instance, I could have, I could have got there in a second. If only he'd asked nicely, <laughs> <laughs> if only he hadn't been having fun.
2: <laughs> I like the, uh, the, the comment too, that, um, he thinks he's figured out how to drive,
0: uh, yeah
2: however, that one was worded that it was like, yeah. you know tenants made that comment, oh, I've got the hang of this now, the short hops and the repositioning and the mm, only because she lets you
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> as any good reliable vehicle should be, anybody who's driven a particularly persnickety car knows exactly what I'm talking about
0: <laughs> yeah should we uh, move on to our next two Offerings
1: Planets of the Mechanoids. The Daleks offer an alliance. That dun, dun,
0: to... Oh, sorry, <laughs> I got jumped the gun. I'm sorry, I jumped the gun.
1: <laughs> the Mechanoids, but will their queen accept the Daleks' offer? Oh, no, we're not done yet, or sorry. has she a plan of her own? Dun, 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 dun! You're gonna blow out people's eardrums, Glenn. Sorry.
2: I think Glenn liked it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, these two, both this one and the next story. Um, really elevated the entire series for me
0: (laughs) i liked it so much
1: (laughs) just you know the daleks trying to make an alliance with the mechanoids and just there's nothing bad about these two even the animation i think has improved somehow between episode one and two (laughs) maybe it's more playing to the animation style strength and capabilities i don't know
2: Is it the simple fact that it's mechanoids that we?
1: There's a large part of that.
2: We're we're dealing with something familiar and a callback that's like, "Oh, cool," Um, you know. Versus, I can't remember the robot's name, but uh, the the guardian sentinel, and you know, the sentinel. Yeah, thank you.
1: I think it definitely helps because there's already this a design in place. It's not the animators coming up with the design for a creature that doesn't quite, you know that makes it look kind of cartoony. These are just a design already in place. I think that helps a lot, at least as far as animation goes.
0: Yeah. I, I think what helps too is it takes a familiar design, but it doesn't limit it to be, to, you know, what we saw in the chase, which was just these hulking, you know, somewhat round, uh, robots, you know, rolling around and firing their little spray gun things. Um, it, you know, they, this obviously, uh, uh well, it was it was necessary, but they give them the repulsor flight like they have for the Daleks, um, giving the varying colors for the leadership yeah. and scientists and that kind of thing, which is something that we've they've used <laughs> before with— the Daleks but I say know, stealing quite a bit
2: from the Daleks. yeah actually. exactly
0: but 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 expanding out the, the mechanoids and not limiting them to what we saw uh, initially on screen I, I think was well what and what was really the
1: mechanoids on. originally going to be a Dalek replacement anyways Wasn't they were that, yeah they were always trying to find the Dalek replacement <laughs> yeah uh, the quarks uh. I mean
0: <laughs> quarks <laughs> Yeah, I mean um,
1: yeah. the constant attempt, So I, I don't know it's if kind of fitting that they stole some ideas from yeah. the Tom. Well, I don't know that
0: MechaNoids necessarily would have been because that would have been a Terry Nation and David Whittaker uh, invention anyway. Oh, That's so, true. Yeah, one one of those guys came up with that. Uh, the MechaNoids wasn't that were... after wasn't that
1: a David Whittaker thing though? Because uh, Nation had already abandoned it to go try to yeah sell he was the off show.
0: trying to sell but. Uh, It was, I mean, I think those guys both get a lot of credit. In fact, David Whitaker wrote a lot of the uh, stories in the Dalek annuals. And I think that he had a hand in much of the um, comic strips as well. So he was as much, almost as much involved with the Daleks Daleks as Nation was. So Um, that was another thing is that the Daleks were, they played heavy as a, uh, adversary in the Dalek comics and so beyond the chase the only time that we ever saw Mechanoids again was on spinoff material of the Daleks from the comics and so to kind of bring them back in the fold again goes into that whole nostalgic thing that that stylized look of of the comics and and I think particularly the coloring although I don't remember how they colored the Daleks, but it gives it it, it, it goes a long way to give it sort of that comic feel as well. Um,
1: How has Big Finish not been a mechanoid story?
0: <laughs> yeah, might be a licensing issue. I don't know. I mean, might they, be... they tend to get the nation estate to uh, give them Daleks frequently. So I guess maybe there is a, are, Is has there not been a mechanoid story? Maybe there maybe hasn't just, been. I'm saying... looking
1: at the list of appearances. <clears throat> they've, they've been in a, uh, an Eighth Doctor novel. There's been a couple of short stories and then comics, and that's about it. Huh.
0: Oh, well, I guess I there was one. From I'm
1: sorry. The Juggernauts. There has been one audio.
2: Oh, that's right. I do remember that. We haven't listened to that And we listened, did, and to, we listened to it. Have we listened to yeah, it?
1: Yeah, we did listen to it. I think we did, because it was Davros. Yeah. The Davros sixth and Mel story. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. No, I remember that one now.
1: Okay, how is that the only...
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wonder if it's a... Um, a production issue thing where the thought process maybe is, okay, we've got a story that's going to feature, uh, an entire race of robots Mm -hmm. and somewhere in the room, the one person pipes up and goes, yeah, but if we're going to do that, shouldn't we just make it Daleks and ensure that it sells? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I I just, I I wonder if that's maybe it could be, maybe there were more, more mechanoid stories planned. And then, uh, Juggernaut didn't do well. I don't know. It's pure speculation on my part at this point. I'll be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) All I can say is that I would like more mechanoid stories on the basis of and the strengths of this two-parter. That's
0: why I think that there's a lot you could farm, I think, from this, especially if this Dalek series, they went on and they did more. I think you could probably set up you know the the warring factions of this um i think what i really like about this story is the fact that the daleks come there seemingly looking for the mechanoids help and the idea that they can you know work together and the emperor sort of reveals by the end of this first episode that he's just basically brought them there you know as a way to escape or, or get them off their tail and have them to, to basically test the mechanoids to see well, let's see what you can do against them um using the mechanoids as a shield essentially, so I thought that was kind of a a, a neat turn, especially at the end. I think that that's kind of a uh uh, uh probably the best uh cliffhanger that we've had any of these is is the emperor you know announcing that he brought the entity to them,
1: yeah. Although part of me wonders how much credit the emperor can really take, because obviously the entity is pursuing them throughout space. So of course he brought the entity to Mechanus.
0: <laughs> well, true. <laughs> so it's, it's hunting them. It's chasing them. Well, but he sets it up. He sets it up to make it sound like the 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 entity was just going to was going to, to end up come, yeah, well come there anyway. So which I don't think that the entity would, because as you as you said, they were yeah they were chasing the Dalek, so it was going to come no matter where he was going um, in the, in the that, next, in the next episode, maybe he'll try to lead him to the Movellans. So <laughs>
1: that being said, they did use the situation to their advantage to destroy the planetary defense grid. And, yes. you know, you know, I, I guess it's more of, he let them into Mechanus as opposed to leading him there.
0: Yeah. I, that, that's kind of what I meant. was Yeah. Very clear and
1: I think that's what they meant too. I'm just being pedantic.
0: Yes. I
2: do <laughs> question the, uh, the ending, the the argument that the queen makes about go on, go limp home, go back to Scarrow or wherever, but we're coming, which is kind of a big momentous Ooh, uh, line. And yet, <laughs> I cannot think, I cannot help but think to myself that what the mechanoids really need is a mechanoid strategist yeah, <laughs> who would go, hold on, time out. They're here now. There's only two of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's kill them while they're here.
2: Why, why assemble a fleet and go? Just. <laughs> it, was, it was very Austin awesome, Powers. I have a gun in my room. I'll go get it. I'll come back here. We'll take care of them together. It'll be fun. But no, you're going to do a whole thing to deliver this ultimatum that's not needed. Okay.
0: Well, it sort I <laughs> think the logic
2: point. of robots. I
0: don't know. It sort of makes me. Wonder if there's an alternative motive because obviously there's something that's going to have to happen. Because it this really felt like a conclusion, too. This sort of felt like okay, we've wrapped yeah. this storyline up, we've dispatched the entity. Um, I don't know that we necessarily really did dispatch it, and I think maybe that could be, but you have to kind of wonder what are we going to do in this last 15 minutes that because this feels like an ending, it feels like they've they you know the daleks or the emperor lured them there the mechanoids and with with help of the strategist don't get me wrong i don't understand, I wonder un, what don't want to undersell the strategist because he he's also with the scientist the one that came up with they together came up with a way to uh, bleep them back uh, wherever they came from or out of existence or whatever they did um, but uh, you kind of have to wonder what what's next and this one didn't it didn't have as strong of a cliffhanger because I agree with you, Sean, you know, why let him and the strategist limp back to their own world and then chase them down later because we just take care of them now, dispatch him now. I would agree. Well,
2: and knowing what we all know about the Daleks and I, I, I have to assume that the mechanoids are at least as up on the Daleks as we, the audience are that, you know, if you leave two of them alive, They will survive, they will rebuild, they will start the manufacturing plants up, and there will be churning out wave after wave after wave after wave of Daleks again. And uh, if you've been fighting them in any capacity over the years, you would have to think to yourself, I have the Emperor on the ropes. (laughs) There's no way you're giving up that tactical advantage. Yeah. And so I I, I I question a little bit whatever needs of the story that are going to happen in the final part that would trump that thought process from the mechanoid queen's standpoint. Yeah. You know, it's it's I understand it's a convenience of story that whatever's going to happen will had to happen this way, but there's another part of me that's like, ah feels a little bit like a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> that's I true. I mean, again, You can't kill off the Daleks, obviously, but certainly not in the show with their name on it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The only way I can rationalize it is if the mechanoids assume that they aren't actually the last two, that they have a hidden fleet somewhere out there, and that they're going to run back to, so they're going to follow them and destroy the whole fleet, is the only thing I can rationalize of why they would have let him go well
0: that's what yeah. i wondered and in fact i i had hoped that the uh, when this was coming up to the end of the second part of this i had kind of hoped that that was going to be divulged and that would be the cliffhanger that they weren't actually wiped out that they had this second contingency of daleks somewhere because it it is very unlike any storyteller to wipe the daleks out nearly completely i don't i mean i don't think that's only but done maybe once or twice and there's always a you know buried group of daleks somewhere or somewhere in stasis you know there's i mean in power they they did it where there were three of them that kind of you know remanufactured a whole army but i very rarely is it down to just a few victory maybe is another one yeah, usually, Dalek. Usually they're somewhere hiding somewhere. Yeah. And well, need But Dalek though, was even if... Dalek was even uh subverted by the fact that the Emperor was out there uh no, somewhere hidden. He just was hidden away, but they made it I mean, we as the viewer are led to believe that he was the last Dalek.
2: And you have to think to yourself as well that um if there were other Dalek's out there if they do have a fleet squirreled away if they do have a hidden base if they do have that my thinking is that the daleks probably would have gone there for the help but before tried to they that. went to the mechanoids but maybe they, that's why maybe knowing that they could get to this planet ahead of us then well let's go somewhere they won't expect us because they know everything that we know exactly you know what yeah. i mean so so we'll go outside the the dalek sphere of influence to uh to bring in help that i guess makes a little more sense yeah. so i guess there could still be more out there sure because I'd, the I'd still kill the emperor
1: to know that, well, yeah i mean <laughs> you still do that but well yeah i think the strategist is smart enough to know that if they to not try the same tactic more than once does anybody think that the
2: mechanoids um stellar cartography whatever i don't remember what the room was called but uh, the, the beauty of the here's our, our trip through the the universe does anybody have the uh, the feeling that that was like updated in real time? Like that the mechanoids are much more plugged in than we ever possibly could have thought, and are probably aware of like Dalek troop movements and and stuff because mm. they, they they were able to go to Scaro and go, oh look, it's dead.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: you, you, you had to abandon your home world. I mean, that just happened. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that was something that kind of sparked the ooh, what if this? Uh, and you know, that more, they they more very much bead. keep abreast of things. Yeah,
0: more of a beat on the enemy than than anyone would expect. I think we also have, have to also have to, to keep in mind that this is part of the Dalek, or I'm sorry, this is part of the uh, Time Lord victorious oh. event. So I would assume whatever happens in this next episode is going to set up the events of the Time Squad that are sent back with the yeah. doctors, So. Um and we know that the Time Squad at least has five, six Daleks because the Eagle Moss toys. So <laughs> there's there's at least more than two. <laughs> well and there's more of them yeah. uh
1: once we get to the eight doctor stories. Too. Right,
0: exactly. So there must be an army hidden somewhere. I just I, I it's, I thoroughly enjoy these two stories, not because there's a lot of substance to them, because there still isn't. There, there really hasn't been a lot. Um, they're, they're pretty simplistic stories, but I think from just the pure standpoint of the fan service, uh, bringing back the mechanoids, putting those on our screens again, uh, the cleverness of bringing the two together, uh, the conflict between and then the mechanoids being... Essential to dispatching the entity, I think all of that makes these two uh, episodes so far the best of the series, and that's why I, I just—I I was on the edge of my seat, just kind of feeling like you know a, a schoolboy watching just a, a fantastic two-part story, just based <laughs> on the, the visuals and the excitement that 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 it uh, it gave me as I watched it. So that's that, that's just. It's one of the best things that i think out of this event that's happened is is the is these two particular i think i think the whole series has been good so far but these two really kind of the, the culmination of everything happening It was just a lot of fun
1: oh yeah yeah and uh speaking of the visuals i just i know i dug pretty heavily on the animation the last two episodes but these two really do make up for it because even the Daleks, some of the shots with the Daleks that they were, uh, the Daleks strategist specifically, and having the background b- blurred, and then you can some close-up shots where you can actually see some texture on the Daleks. I, don't, I never saw that previously in the episode, so it looks like they maybe spent a little bit more time or not having all the uh, more elaborate backgrounds allowed them more processing power to better render the actual characters which makes made the whole thing look a lot better
0: the use of lights and shadowing also are a, are a focus in these two stories which i hadn't noticed in the first two either so i'm wondering if maybe that lends to it a bit
1: yeah i wonder
2: very easily could be i think um the the amount of fan service that was going on in these two episodes would be akin to if you had just you know given me some open brain surgery and stuck the little probe into the pleasure center of my head. That's kind of where it was just like, yeah, happy. (laughs) Just stared off into space happy. I would agree. That's Um,
0: that's well stated.
2: (laughs) I would have never, ever, ever suspected the mechanoids of all things could generate that level of... (laughs) but they but, but there they were.
0: Well, and the crazy thing is we even knew they were coming, you know. And I and I got a little excited when I saw them in the trailer. I was like, "Oh, make it back. Yay." That over knowing that. I, yeah. I kind of
2: wish now that oh, yeah, man, I we wish did. we hadn't got the trailer or the uh, the, the episode drop.
0: Oh, I was the just I was just as happy. Well, it wasn't even the title drop, but we they they were in the, uh, or, in the original big trailer. big trailer that came out a month ago or whatever so it was
2: but just if I'd gone into this blind and not known and the Daleks were fighting through this defense grid it was like what's going on on?" they land on the planet and then all of a sudden (gasps) and they all come rolling out and mechanoids we will speak with you and then the title comes up planet of the mechanoids oh that would have been (laughs) I get chills over the chills that might have been
1: I'm looking forward to seeing how it all wraps up, though. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of what's coming up, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule?
2: Well, coming up on the schedule next week, we will conclude Daleks with episode five, which does not have a title as of yet that we've seen. Uh, And a reminder to everybody that these are available on YouTube, so you can go and uh, watch them there. And then we will also be listening to the BBC audiobook, The Minds of Magnox, by Darren Jones. Now, this is not a Big Finish production. This is an actual BBC audio, uh, with- and I don't know how much of uh, an audio dramatization that is, since it's listed as an audiobook, yeah. unless Glenn knows.
0: No, I, I, I don't, but I think they, have, they did this with, uh, in conjunction and help with uh, Big Finish. Oh, well, then credit where credit is due. Yeah. Demon Records uh, and BBC Studios who's listed on it. So.
2: so those are the two outings for, for, for next time out. And then uh, the following time that you hear us, we will be having a uh, a festive uh, holiday of our own. <laughs> and uh, should we, we tell them what it is? Which,
0: wait, wait, we should say which festive holiday. It could be Easter now. We've <laughs> it could be
1: Easter. We're going to celebrate Easter, yes.
0: Well, who knows? We might be taking time off from, from between now and Easter. Ooh. Keep them guessing. No, 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 go ahead.
2: We uh, will be, be be returning with a Christmas special, a festive holiday special, if you prefer. Um, and we thought it might be kind of fun to uh, to go back to the beginning, as it were. Uh, And for those of you who uh, have either been with us from the beginning or have uh, discovered us and gone back and tried to catch up from the beginning, God knows why. Um, The very first episode of Traveling the Vortex that we ever recorded, should I not be saying this? No,
0: I thought you were talking about an unearthly child. Oh. (laughs) 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 This beginning. Okay, I got you. This beginning. This beginning. (laughs) I mean, we all know
2: it began in a junkyard. And our story is not all that different.
1: yeah it wasn't that far
0: off.
2: <laughs> but um we we thought it would be for the very first episode of traveling the vortex that we ever recorded uh was nearly ten years ago. We were coming up on uh, on the head anniversary, and we thought uh, the very first episode was about a Christmas carol that was the one we introduced Keith to when we brought him on board with this crazy uh this crazy train. And so we thought it would be fun as a as a holiday offering to go back and revisit a Christmas Carol, and uh, you know, see what we all think ten years on. And to think, and it, then of course the and uh, to think
0: the big, it all started in Keith's bedroom.
2: It all started in <laughs> Keith's bedroom around a around rock a band microphone. microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the empire we have wrought. Uh, <laughs> All right, that might be a little strong. Yeah. Then, of course, the big news uh, following that will be the uh, uh, the actual festive holiday special with the uh, genetics of the Daleks. No, that's the wrong title. Ready to go? Are we not to
0: that yet? Nope. I thought we'd be nope, to that yet because Revolution uh, will be uh, in uh, on New Year's Day. So oh, you're I mean, right. There's a weekend. Yeah, between we there. had to move that out.
2: That's why I was looking at that wrong. Well, then, since I've let that cat out of the bag, we'll then go to Mutually Assured Destruction and Genetics <laughs> of the Daleks, which are the next two big Finnish Time Lord Victoria stories Correct. that uh, that will come out, followed by Revolution of the Daleks. That's the title of it. There you go. That closes out the year for us. Woo-hoo! Assuming wow. it, it actually does.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
2: <mean>.
0: Do you <laughs> don't bar think turing will close circumstances? out? I think he's afraid the year will never end.
2: And then we'll see you in the 13th month. Yeah. Yeah, So we'll we'll, we'll let you know when we get there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, be sure to keep up with us on our website, TravelingVortex.com. If you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some back into it? Uh, You can do that on our Patreon link. Consider supporting us. And thank you to those who are already supporting us please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast and make sure you join in the conversation in our listeners forum on Facebook. Until next week, I'm Glenn.
1: I'm Sean. I'm Keith.
0: Cheers.
2: Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. We love you.
0: (laughs) You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.